Jennifer Maggio is an award-winning author and speaker whose personal journey through homelessness, abuse, and multiple teen pregnancies has helped women around the world. So at 19 years old, Jennifer was pregnant for the fourth time living in government housing on food stamps and welfare. And so she shares with great openness her pain, her mistakes, and her journey to find hope in Christ. She recently became an 11-time Circle of Excellence winner in corporate America. She's a busy mama of three and a wife and the founder of the Life of a Single Mom Ministries. On this conversation, Jennifer and I are talking about the difficulties of single parenting and how a relationship with Jesus impacts the regret, the shame, and the circumstantial discontentment that single parenting can cause. If you enjoy this conversation, you may also enjoy episode 42, Singleness is Not a Disease with Kate Warman, Real Conversations with Real Friends series, episode five, Pregnant and Christian at 19, and episode three from the Sex and Christianity series, You Can Be Single and Sexual. Jennifer offers practical advice and encouragement for women or men who are single parenting currently, how to find your tribe and your people, kind of navigating through church life after falling into sin or becoming pregnant at a young age, and just opens up about her heart and her life. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. I'm so thankful to have you here. The Living Easy podcast was created to remind you that you are more than your mess. I share candidly and honestly about the hard stuff. Episode 30 is where I share my full testimony, and I try not to shy away from the things that we all need to talk more about within the church. I have a full series on sex and Christianity. I have episodes on miscarriage, depression as a Christian, postpartum psychosis, infertility, dealing with difficult in-laws, and much more. If you haven't had a chance to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, please take a second to do so. This helps me to get more incredible guests like Jennifer on the Living Easy podcast. Let's dive in to today's conversation. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. I am so thrilled to have you all back. We're kind of jumping away from the Real Conversations with Real Friends series. And I am really excited about this conversation with Jennifer Maggio, who is here with us today, single parenting, because it is one of the most common questions 
that I receive and I have not yet had an opportunity to do a conversation or an interview about it. So thank you, Jennifer, for being here. I'm so honored to have you. Well, and I'm excited to begin the convo. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I just want to start by hearing a little bit about your story. Can you talk a little bit about how you got into this ministry, into this world, and what your backstory is so that other listeners can understand and relate? Yeah. So, you know, I think it's it's so interesting how people get involved in ministry and it's it's almost always birthed out of some pain or some need that they see. Yeah. And my story is no different in that way. I became a single mom very young. I had two kids by the time I was 19. But really, I was just recently reflecting on this. My single parenting journey began before I even knew what one was because my dad was a single dad when my mother was killed very unexpectedly as a young girl. And so I look back and I just recently thought about that and thought, man, single parenting has been part of my story for a long time. Mm. So I had these two babies and gosh, I mean, at 19, what do you really know about about Mm. life, you know? And so I'm trying to navigate doing this alone. I'm living in the projects on food stamps and welfare. I am pretty friendless at the time and was isolated from any local church. And my dad had kicked me out of the family home. He was just devastated that I had had children so young and, mm-hmm. and didn't know how to handle it. So anyway, so it just was, you know, this culmination of trying to figure it out when you don't have a very deep support system. And also feeling very much like I was alone, like there was no one else like me. Right. Well, and social media and at that so, time wasn't as oh prevalent. So you there don't was no have social these media. blogs. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, at that time, I mean, internet was like barely a thing. Not everybody had it. And yeah. so there was nothing. There was no access the way that it is now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you read books, which, you know, when you're a young single mom, just trying to keep your head above water, you're not reading. You're just, you're yeah. trying to survive. Yeah. And so I think those next years of just kind of muddling through and what worked and what didn't work and and how do I build a tribe and how do I you know, honestly find freedom in all of these areas that I realized I was so bound in Mm. is what led me into this next season of life with the ministry. Well, thank you for sharing that. So going back a little bit, when you mentioned your dad kicking you out because he couldn't believe what had happened, how did that impact you in the moment? And how did that impact you long-term, the lack of support? Yeah, I think that, you know, now I can see things in a much more full circle way than obviously I did at that time. And that just comes with age and life experience. You know, my mother was killed and so I was raised by my dad. And then now my dad has rejected me. Mm -hmm. So the trauma of that is substantial. You know, so there's that level of alienation. And then there's also the shame as a church girl who was raised in church. My dad was the deacon at a local Baptist church. and, And so there's all this shame of having kids outside of marriage, which, you know, is the cardinal sin that everybody sees. Mm -hmm. And so there's that level. So that's kind of the short-term impact. The interim of the story is that my dad ultimately died of cancer just a couple of years later. And so, you know, we reconciled and we were able to have those last few months, year together. And so now it shapes me in a very different way. It's no longer trauma. It's an appreciation that the pain has now birthed this powerful story of God's redemption and powerful story of hope in the midst of unspeakable hardship. And so I feel differently about it now than, you know, than I would have maybe even 10 years ago. 
Well, I'm so sorry about your losses. I can imagine how impactful that is for your life, but for you to even be here, you know, continuing to share the glory of God and to honor Him in your story is impactful and it's beautiful. I actually just had a conversation on the podcast, on the Living Easy podcast with one of my friends, and she was pregnant at 19 and she was a Christian. She came from a big family. And I remember she came into my office when I was working and just, you know, years in her eyes and none of her family lived in our city. And, you know, you just know what's going on. Like you just have that feeling, but she had just met her boyfriend and anyway, became pregnant and ended up getting married. But it's been a trial for her to kind of start life that way as such a young girl, same age as you. How would you say now looking back um, and for our listeners who may have gone through something similar, do you feel a level of missing out on childhood and missing out on that season of your life? And if so, how do you reconcile that? You know, I worked full time during the day. I went to college at night and, you know, juggling two jobs a lot of a lot of that same time. And so there was this period for several years when I just put my head down and did it. And, you know, God gives us the strength and grace for every season. I certainly could probably not do it now, but mm-hmm. in that season, I did it. And I don't think I had time to really reflect on what I was missing out on. It's kind of, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, so to speak, and you just get it done. And do that's it. what so yeah. many single moms do. I think now though, especially as I've been more reflective that my kids are older and, and I see their start in life is very different than the one that I had at their age mm-hmm. and how they've enjoyed the high school years, the college years, you know, the young adult years, all these things that they're enjoying now. And so, of course, you know, I think, wow, I wish I would have done things differently. But, you know, when you look back, I don't know, it would have made me a different person. And so, It's like, do I feel like I missed out? Maybe in some ways, but the things that my children have brought to my life and Mm -hmm. the things that the ministry has and church friends, it all has worked together for the good. So it's hard Mm -hmm. to stay camped out there. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think that's wise though, because you're not allowing your circumstances to impact the future of your life and you're not sitting in the mess that was, but allowing God to use those things for you now to share with others, to give the comfort to them that God has given to you. And in that, I feel it's a way for us to not, like you said, camp out. It's a way for us to not sit in the hardship or the pain, but to respond to those things instead. Because I think a lot of the time, not even just in single motherhood, but just as a whole, when life feels hard or it's against us, we get this victim mentality where we think, oh gosh, you know, poor me, my father-in-law is a pastor and he calls it the poor memes. Like we're so self-indulgent in that way of like, feel sorry for me. I need to feel sorry for myself. But when we get outside of that and outside of our mess, God can use it in so many ways for us to, like you said, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, by his grace and by his strength in spite of our weakness. So that's amazing. And you had mentioned kind of finding your tribe. I know that this is a really common struggle amongst women who, I mean, even women who are married, finding friendships as an adult, but finding friendships as a young single mama. What did that look like for you? It was my journey back to the church. I think the isolation from church was, you know, Satan is a master manipulator that convinced me that I didn't fit in there, that I didn't belong. There was too much sin in my life that they would 
judge me, all the things that people say that don't actively attend church, it's because Satan is so good at it. Mm-hmm. And so I was out for a while, but really out of desperation. I was suicidal. I was being physically assaulted. I, The list goes on. We don't even have time to go into mm-hmm. all of the trauma. And so I stumbled back into the church just limping and out of desperation that it couldn't get any worse. I had no money, no friends, and no hope. Mm -hmm. And so in that way, that's why I'm so passionate about our ministry because you have to build your tribe. And the excuse is not there's no one like me or that it's hard. There are no excuses. It's What's at stake is your mental health, your children's futures. So it was a journey and it was intentional. And I'd love to tell you that I walked into the church and the pastor preached such a powerful message that it transformed my life in a day. Mm -hmm. That wasn't what happened. It was an intentional effort to get up and do it again and again and again, even when I felt like I didn't fit in. Mm -hmm. And the church that I went to at that time was just a little small 50 member church. And there really weren't any single moms there, you know, so it was even (laughs) more of a challenge. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. (laughs) But I think that's part of the building your tribe. Like I don't have a large family. So my biological family has never really been a major option for me. And I hear single moms say that a lot, like, I just don't have a great family or I don't have a supportive family or whatever, or maybe there are some, you know, divides in the family. But the truth is, is that God created us for family and he puts the lonely in families. That's what his word says. And that is our spiritual family. So I just feel so strongly about being intentional and it's going to take some people probably disappointing you, which is really hard for single moms, you know, because you've already been disappointed so much, Mm -hmm. but it's important. It's important. So speaking of being disappointed and it already being hard, my mom got divorced when I was four, my sister was six. And it was a very difficult divorce. And both of my parents are in my life, but I watched her for a very, very long time, over a decade, struggle alone to work a nine to five, to come home. And she always, without fail, had dinner on the table, which still I'm like a part-time working mom and can't make that happen. And I have a husband. So I am like, just even more kudos to you. But she was just so engaged and so present. And I often think back to that time of, you know, she did have a support system within her family, but there was a lot that she handled and did on her own. What can people who know a single mama do to love them well in this season of their lives? Well, there's so many things. I think that single moms do an excellent job of, on the exterior, having it all together. You know, they're working multiple jobs, they're balancing... Yeah, that's exactly. And so they want to appear. And I think there's even sometimes a level of pride. And I'm speaking to you out there, single mamas, where you don't want to ask for help because you want to appear to have it all together. You don't want to appear weak or that it's too hard. And there are some things that I think friends can do that are very simple, but they're life-changing. One thing for me when my kiddos were little, going to the grocery store, I actually went to the grocery store one time and because they were both really small, they were 17 months apart. I left the store crying, just hysterical. I had worked all day. The kids were running around. I was just trying to get groceries to be able to prepare dinner. And it just seemed like too much. It was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And so 
if someone would have been willing to grocery shop for me or would have watched my children so that I could grocery shop alone or, you know, creating single mom co-ops where you're taking turns with things like Mm -hmm. quick babysitting or other small things like obviously money, that's, you know, giving someone a gift card, even when you think they're financially secure, because what I've learned through the years is, you know, people can be below the poverty line, they can be a middle income family, and they could be even a higher income family. But when you, you know, add children to the mix or divorce to the mix, finances Mm -hmm. get complicated. So even like a small gift card, I think, you know, running errands is huge, cutting her yard, doing the honey-do list that a spouse may would do if if Mm -hmm. he was around. On our website, we have 50 ways to serve single moms. And it's just the lists could go on and on. It's like, as creative as you can be is yeah. as many ways as you can serve a mom. Yeah, because there is no limit. I think that's the thing. And just like you had mentioned, I think it's common for us to assume that just because there's an appearance of figuring it out, that it's figured out. But I think the best thing that we can do is to never assume that. It's just to go into it to say, everyone can use a helping hand no matter what. Like I mentioned, I have a husband, I have two children. We are fine. We're set. And there are moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I need my village. I am so exhausted. I'm so tired. And so for me to be in that position and to speak on it, when a woman is forced into a position where she is required to take on that burden alone, I think that, I mean, that's even implementing like, hey, can I just come over and hang and watch your kids while you go take a nap? (laughs) What a dream. So thanks for that resource because I think that will be awesome. Can you share the website? Yes, it's the life of a single mom.com. A lie that you may believe far too often, especially as a woman, is that you have to choose between your family and your dreams. But the Proverbs 31 woman defies that stereotype. She was both a mother and a businesswoman. She worked hard for her family and used the giftings that God had given her to provide for her home. She had both ambition and faith, and she was honored. Friends, if you have a gift, use it to make God's name known. Share your story, share your passions, share your life. I have spent the past five years relentlessly studying and implementing all things marketing, blogging, entrepreneurship, small business, and podcasting, while also being a stay-at-home mama of two boys. Now with over 6 million blog readers, over 600,000 total podcast downloads and tens of thousands of social media followers, I'm able to make an income for my family. I feel so passionate about this business and helping others to pursue those dreams. And I want to share everything I've learned with you, whether you're a mom of five or a college student. Do you want to be a travel blogger? Would you love to share your voice and launch a podcast? I can help you. I'm so excited to be offering one-on-one personalized business coaching for anyone with a dream to share their story, create a ministry, or build a platform. During our two and a half hour coaching session, I'll customize everything specifically for you by looking over your website and social media to give honest and helpful feedback that will help you grow. I'll teach you how to use Pinterest to make money even if you don't have any followers because if you're not using it yet, you're really missing out. And we'll talk all things Instagram, Facebook, branding, monetization, all in simple to understand terms. I will provide you with two free customizable media kits, a list of my 20 influencer websites that you can join right away to start collaborating with small and large brands, exclusive group board invites on Pinterest, and Facebook group invites to help get more eyes on your business right away. I always say she didn't do it better. She just 
did it? What is that one thing that you have always wanted to do, but you've never done? You will never succeed if you don't ever try, but you have a great chance at succeeding if you at least try. You don't ever want to live in regret. So if you are interested in this personalized coaching, just email livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's livingeasypodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in this coaching and hearing about how I can help you specifically, I'll talk to you soon. So I want to touch on, you mentioned spouses. Did you, I'm not sure of the details of your story in regards to that, but I have one very wonderful woman in my life who was single for a long time. She was a single mama and she really struggled with that desire for marriage and more even so the desire for her child to have a dad. How was that navigation for you? How would you encourage other women who are longing for that relationship for their child and are just not in that place yet? God has not brought that man to them. It's a very, very difficult season. I would say a couple of things. One is that we get, because I can remember being in that season too. I'm married now, but I remember being in that season of just, you don't want your children to not have dad around. And so you want to fix it. And I think early on in my single parenting, I desired to be married so deeply that it clouded every other goal, that it just became the goal. And I think that it's important, and you would attest to this as a married woman, as as am I, and marriage does not solve all the problems. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this pursuit of marriage, you know, the Lord will give us the desires of our heart when we're chasing his kingdom first. And so I think that the goal can't be about marriage or about fixing what's going on with your, you know, with your kiddos having a dad around. As sad as that is, I think it has to be, okay, Lord, it needs to start with me and wholeness and healing. And am I ready to move into that next season? And then as you're whole, I often talk about, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman, one of the things that has stood out to me in those scriptures was it talks about that she will greatly enrich her husband's life. Mm -hmm. And that resonated so deeply with me because the word enrich means to add to. So if you as a single mom are chasing marriage so that it's easier to parent and so that you can fix old trauma or so that it's easier to get your bills paid or any of these things to fix, then you're setting him up and you up for failure. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing wrong with wanting to be married. So let me make that clear as well. I'm not suggesting there's something wrong with that. I'm just saying, make sure you're ready. Mm -hmm. For me, I had to get to a place, and this is going to sound so, well, it just sounds like it sounds, but I really had to get to a place where you know, God was going to be the father of my children. And, you know, I often say like, Jesus is going to be my baby's daddy. And that's just Mm -hmm. going to be where I had to get to. And I was okay with being alone. Mm -hmm. I actually was okay. I'd rather be alone and be in God's will than be outside of his will and miserable because I'm chasing something he didn't intend for me. And when I got there and I was truly okay that's when I met my husband. That's when I I had the freedom to move into the next season. And so I think that's probably the word of encouragement I would offer to moms is assess where you are first and then be patient in the wait. I heard a while back, and I share this a lot. I did a course, it's called the Wife Project course, and it speaks to married women. But I heard a while back, Pastor, he said, everything is magnified in marriage. So the struggles that you're facing now in your life as a single woman or a single mama, there are going to be the, those things that are magnified. There will be things that are helped and fixed and, and made easier for you. 
but the struggles that you face that your child face, it's not going to be matched up just because you have that spouse. And so I just absolutely agree with you. I think there is a place, even for me as a young girl, where I thought as a Christian, I just need to get married right away because we can't have sex. But then getting married for sex is like buying an airplane for the peanuts because it's such a small portion of that relationship. And just knowing, Lord, if I'm satisfied in you, I love how you brought that up, Jennifer, the enrichment to add to his life. You're not depending upon him to satisfy what Jesus is intended to satisfy. You are going to him as a partner and as a friend to come alongside and to be one together. So that's beautiful. So I want to talk a little bit about the children involved. What are the greatest struggles that you believe children face growing up in a single parent home? I think one of the biggest ones is a spirit of rejection. I think that So here's the thing. We recognize that single moms come to their journey in a variety of ways. So there's death and there's divorce and there's unwed pregnancy and there's great co-parenting relationships that sometimes exist and sometimes not. And so, you know, I'm careful to not paint everyone with the same brush, but I can simply say that whether there's a co-parenting relationship or not, when you don't have both parents living in the home, you can feel very rejected. You know, whether it's your fault or not, which we know it's not, or what, it doesn't matter. The kid feels rejected. And so I think being intentional about how you pray about that and how you talk to your child about that in age-appropriate ways is important. But then statistically speaking, we are seeing the impact of fatherlessness on our nation and the data is overwhelming. Incarceration and and poverty and addiction and abuse and the list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. So it's a real challenge. You know, the Lord, our heavenly father created this family in this certain way. So single motherhood is not the ideal. You know, I often say I'm not a single mom's advocate. Like I'm certainly advocating for them, but I'm not promoting that this is the ideal. Right. I'm simply saying that people are here. So let's talk about how to help them navigate. So I would just say there's some important things. You know, counseling for your child when they've gone through trauma is very, very important. As children get older, so a lot of moms, especially if dad was never around in the first place, they never knew dad at all. They're okay for a season, but then when they get to be about 10 to 12 is when we see the surfacing of anger, acting out, and the children aren't able to articulate. Mm -hmm. So getting counseling and getting assistance is going to be critical during that time. Open lines of communication. Let's not ignore the white elephant in the room is so important as well. But it, it is complicated. I wish I could tell you in five minutes how to navigate it all. Mm -hmm. It's very complicated. But I can also tell you, I need a single mom out there to hear this right now. My son is 25. We just had our 10-year anniversary celebration for our ministry. And he surprised me by giving me a welcome, an introduction to my speech. And this kid who was angry, who cussed me out regularly, who, who there was no fruit that we had raised him well for a season, is now a godly man who is a college graduate, who has married himself, who knows more about the word than I can probably ever dream to know. So so the seeds are planted and they may not always take root, but right away, stay the course, stay the course. That's right. That's encouraging to me. I have two little boys right now. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. So I know how the anger, the anger is kind of starting. When would you say, I know you mentioned 10 to 12, when you start to kind of see the, reaction coming out. But when was the first time they started realizing that dad wasn't around or how young were they when they were made aware of it, I guess? 
Well, for my children, the difficulty of our relationship was that their dad was in and out of their life. And so there was no consistency, which, you know, I would argue is even worse than just disappearing completely Mm -hmm. because he would get their hopes up and then he wouldn't show up or he would show up once a year or once every few months. There was never any predictability. He would go... I mean, he went as as long as 18 months without talking to them and then just kind of showed up on our doorstep. There was that level of them always hoping Mm -hmm. and then constantly being disappointed. So that was really, really, really hard for them. And even now as young adults, for for my two older children, I also have a younger child, but they're still working that out. They're still working yeah. out how hard it was to let, to release their dad and not have any expectations of what he was going to be. And so, man, you know, gosh, I think about adults right now. You know, I think about you were just sharing about your parents going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I think about adults who have gone through divorce, you know, their parents went through divorce rather. And the trauma that they are still dealing with, women in their 40s and, and you know, men in their 50s. So it is, it doesn't just go away. Divine, no, yeah. no, you yeah. have to deal with it. It's a divine encounter with God. There's there's a miraculous healing that has to take place where you can just release that parent that they messed up, that they mm-hmm. didn't do it all right. And it's okay. And there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I feel like I have no. to live there all the time. I share about my past and, and really messy, horrible, promiscuous codependency. There's a lot of mistakes that I made. It's easy to live there sometimes. It's easy to get to a place where you just say, you know, I ruined this or I damaged this, even in my own marriage, when intimacy becomes a struggle because of my past sin and choices that I made, where I'm like, no, now I'm having to work through and heal in these areas. And it's easy to go to, oh, I was disgusting or to live in that shame, but there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus and all are made new in Him. And so, I just am really encouraged by you today, Jennifer. I feel like your ministry is powerful and impactful. And congratulations on 10 years, by the way. And how amazing that your son is is in the place that he is, because that does give hope to mamas who are not seeing that fruit in their children's lives. Mm -hmm. So in closing, the single moms I speak with, a lot of them, are struggling to find joy. It's always kind of that futuristic mindset of when I get to this place or when I get this career, when I get this husband, then I'm going to be satisfied. What are some practical steps that moms can take even in the midst of their exhaustion to find joy in their current circumstances? Well, I think this issue of contentment is not exclusive to single moms. I think there's right. so many married women that say, if my husband was this, or if mm-hmm. he did that, you know? And so I think that it's really more of a hard issue of contentment that you have to deal with and not necessarily the singleness. Yeah. And so what you have to do is learn to enjoy your season. And I think it's important to be present in the moment with your children. Like you can't keep saying when they get potty trained or when they learn to drive or when they do, because if we're always looking to the next season, we miss where we are. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of regret in that too, which guess what? Just builds more shame that we didn't do it well enough. And so that being present in the season is important. And it's the acceptance that God is in control. God, I am in this single parenting journey. I never expected to be here, or maybe it's not fair, or things were done to me that resulted in this that I didn't, didn't deserve. But Father, I know you're in control Mm -hmm. and I'm going to love these babies. You have given them to me for a reason and a purpose. You've well equipped me. And so I'm going to be present at the ball games. I'm going to be present in, you know, the game nights. I'm going to be present in the karaoke nights. 
it's a choice and it's a hard choice. And I certainly don't deny the exhaustion and the difficulties and the hurt. But I also think that we all have choices. We all have our trauma and we get up and we carry our cross. I think that's really the important thing that we learn from today. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and sharing your story. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and a little bit more about your ministry? Yes. So just visit the website at thelifeofasinglemom.com. So really what we specialize in is helping churches start single mom support groups mm-hmm. so that single moms don't feel alone. Mm-hmm. So we have about 1,600 support groups around the country right now, but we believe every church should have a single mom support group. And it's really the heart of who we are. But we also do a lot of single mom direct services. So lots of resources. And I mean, if you go to the website, you will be overwhelmed in a good way with all of the things that we have done to try to just make your journey a little easier. So check us out. Okay. Awesome. And I will link everything in the show notes. You guys go and follow along with Jennifer and the ministry support in any way that you can. And we will talk to you all next time. Love you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you are blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.